Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. I'm just weak. What are you talking about? I have a weak stomach. I have weak willpower. <laughs> um, I, 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 w- I was poisoned by, I... by my own choosing. I poisoned myself. Did it feel good in the moment? Oh my gosh. Nothing is better than a platter, a $35 platter uh-huh. of fried food at 2 a.m. Yes. I mean, it, 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 you got to do it every once in a while. You have to, especially when the selection is every single thing on the app menu mm-hmm. in, in bountiful in bountiful amounts, I guess yeah. is the way to... Like, there is no threes, which I love too. Like, on an app platter, the worst you can do is have odd odd yeah. number apps. Oh, yeah. It was all fours, right? It was all fours. Yes. I. You know what? I took a picture of it because I wanted to remember what was on this platter, our late night platter. The Texas platter. Can I read it out? Oh, I love that you took the initiative I, <laughs> to do this. I didn't know you did that. We're we are in sync. I had to take a picture because the yeah, I needed to, for posterity. Uh, hell hot wings, mozzarella cheese sticks, pork pot stickers, beef taquitos, jalapeno poppers, cheese curds, steak garlic potatoes, plus ranch, spicy soy marinara, and spicy ranch. Oh. And I ordered a pizza too. <laughs> I know you got a side pizza. Anything else? Yeah, I'd like a pizza on the side. It's not enough. There's, and then he's like, where are all your friends? We're like, it's just us. <laughs> but we've been in a weed party all day and all night. Yes. Yeah. And, and not much to eat. I did bring apples in my bag like a fool. Yeah, you offered me an apple at one point and I was like, what are you talking about? I oh, can't. Man. I can't. I haven't had a jalapeno popper in so long and it is absolutely one of my favorite like Ugh. all-time foods. Yeah. But boy, oh boy, that next morning, I, 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 it's not even an age thing. It's just a quantity thing, I mm-hmm. think. A 2 a.m. fried Texas platter is like not where I'm at anymore. You know, yeah, I, I would say I would agree with you, but then I did find myself at 11 in the morning sitting like I was answering emails, hadn't gotten dressed yet, and I was eating cold pizza from the night before. So no matter how old I am, that's just where I'm at. <laughs> That's why you're such a beast. You're like a great positivity beast. <laughs> a do whatever the fuck you want beast. Yeah. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? I'm so much better now. Thank great. you. Yay. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to just hang and, you know, cook it with you for this awesome app. It's a great app with Jordan Morris. Well, welcome to Weed and Grub, everyone. This is a podcast about comedy. Cannabis. Culture. Cooking. Calling shit out. And... Uh, fried food? And no. Fulfilling your desires. Yeah. Fulfilling every desire. Yeah. Which I feel like we did this week. I smoked some of the best weed with mm-hmm. such wonderful friends, made new friends, discovered new technology that I'm very excited to reach the rest of the country. Like, what a great, great weekend. I feel like I this week was so fun because I got to consume everything I love with all of the people that I like the most. Uh, both as sort of for a job, like we're here to find out what's good and what's next and what's new and also for fun. And then also to come back to LA and take some edibles to go to sleep and feel that sort of like medicinal aspect of it. I was like, it's all, it felt very holistic in that funny way where I know it's not actually holistic because I was probably hurting myself with some of that food and some of those choices, but I don't know. It felt all very sort of global. It did. Yeah. I have to go back to the Texas platter for one more moment. I know we've moved on, (laughs) 
but I, I'm, I'm like, I'm begging because now that I know what the sauces were, mm-hmm. were you lacking any sauce? Like, what's your favorite app sauce to oh, dip? I was definitely missing some blue cheese. Thank you. Yeah. Right. I feel like that had everything except for blue cheese. Yeah, those wings were hella hot and hella crispy and delicious, but I didn't want to dip them in ranch. I needed some of that cooling blue cheese with that funk, you know, because we were smoking some super fucking skunky terpy shit all day everything that was handed to me had um live uh uh rosin like coursing through the pre-roll right so it wasn't just like a little bit of flour shaken up it was just like a double impact double dose torpedo to the brain yeah you need some blue cheese to cut through that funk (laughs) yeah you do totally (laughs) some blue cheese and like a lemon water you know that's why you need those i mean i i think Almost every stoner I know has a palate for like super strong flavors. Like that's why you love, you know, on the junk food side, something like a flaming Hot Cheeto. But then on the sort of elevated side, like fish sauce and lime, you know, you want that like really like punch in the fucking taste buds to match the terps. 100% agree. It was really cool. So tra- Hall of Flowers, for anyone who doesn't know, is a trade show. It's a B2B event for brands to showcase all of their awesome products for buyers, basically. So everyone who's, you know, a buyer in the biz comes through Hall of Flowers and walks the floor and goes to all of the booths and then they can buy samples at discounted rates or most, you know, in most cases, they'll just give you samples if they have them. And then the second day of the event is opened up for consumers to come through. And we were there with press passes. So it was fun to be there on both days and see the vibe in two different days, one day just buyers and then the next day like the public coming through. Yeah. And you know, to yeah, like what you know, like the steezy booth when we walked past, I was like, what the fuck? It looks like Times Square. Like it was like, <laughs> you know, one of those huge wide flat screens with like terps and fucking sauces and everything coursing behind people who were all like outfitted and matching, you know, uniforms and stuff. Or then walking past like the Bohemian Chemist booth where it's just like one guy growing fireflower in Mendocino with a great eye for design. And the best pre-roll pack, I think, in the game. They're called Giggle Smokes. And they're fucking great. And it's outdoor sun-grown. He was a very kind, kind person. Yeah, shout out Jim from the Bohemian Chemist. Such a nice person. And yeah, so you've got like the, you know, the punch you in the face hydro coming from Jungle Boys. And you've got the outdoor sun-grown coming from Mendocino Growers. Like there was another one called Northern Lights, I think. And there another like outdoor operation in the Emerald Triangle. And just Northern Lights in Family Farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just really cool. And then all the edibles game was like... Crazy! I felt like there were a lot of new edibles there. New edibles, all cookie based. A lot of cookies. Like you're <laughs> I ate right. Some delicious cookies. Yeah. Like the OGs, like Dr. Norms and um, Big Pete's out of Santa Cruz. Yes. We had some fresh baked cookies from Big Pete's, and I got to shout out Big Pete's because they make their cookies with can of butter. They're not using distillate for their edibles. That's a pretty big distinction for me. Can I yeah. go on a distillate oh, rant for oh, a second? Sure. Okay. I'm all about. I'm all about distillate for all the reasons we've talked about before, about mm-hmm. like how it just like uses the rest of the plant. You got to use every part of the plant, right? Mm-hmm. But yo, can you quit making it taste like fucking perfume when you add terps back into right. the distillate? It tastes like fucking shit. Like, stop it. Stop yeah. it. It tastes like I'm smoking pot pourri and I don't <laughs> like it. Yeah, you don't need... I mean, the cool thing about distillate is it lowers the bar for entry for companies that might not be able to afford like full plant extraction and they can get distillate less for less expensive rate and then make their products. And then when they've introduced their product line, maybe they have the funding to then make something with like a full plant extraction. Fucking awesome. But there was one booth, we will not say the name, we stopped by and it was a hard sell 
on a distillate pen and he was like and then we got all of these flavors and the flavors were crazy they were like you know mango mango pineapple coconut kissing cooler <laughs> fucking salted caramel meow meow it was like <laughs> what are you talking about and who is this for i think this is for children yeah and that's not cool dude yeah or who is it for i don't even know who it's for i don't know who it's for but i know that that's not going to taste good right at the end of the day Yes. So that's all I need to know. Just based on, I didn't even smoke it. I just looked at it and I was like, meh. Mm. And then it was funny because he was doing the hard sell and then like our friend Zach came up and like swept you up from behind and you could just see this guy was like so mad he didn't get to close his deal. And I was like, your whole vibe is weird, dude. It was You need to chill out. (laughs) Yeah. I don't like a hard sell ever. Yeah. Yeah. Especially at a weed, like if, yo, if you're a part of the weed game, I think, I think there's like a casual hard sell and I'm all about that. I'm all about closing a loop. I love a closed loop. Right. What I don't love is, um, I'm, I'm not like I, I, I wrote the other day, if I was on succession, I think I would cry. Like (laughs) I, you know, I'm not. I'm not built for that business. Right. But the thing about the hard sell is that, you know, for instance, like uh, going by cantabiotics, for instance, like the booth, the cantabiotics booth was just full of happy people hanging out, looking at good nugs under loops and talking about genetics and their new edible design and all this kind of stuff. And the vibe was so chill. There was no sell. Yeah. Why is there no sell? Because the product speaks for itself because that is the best fucking weed on the planet because you know, those edibles are going to do their job because the people behind them are from the very beginning from like the origin stories to what they're doing now in their facility are fucking legit. There's no hard sell. Yep. Let it speak. You don't need it. Yeah. It speaks for itself. It's good. Like any of those, I mean, there's so many, you know, we saw our friend Elise who's with Binsky, fucking delicious gummies and flour and pre-rolls, just so much good stuff going on. Which also, I know we're talking about a microcosm in California with Hall of Flowers and hopefully as weed goes bigger and bigger and bigger, like legal, legal wise, um, there will be more things either like Hall of Flowers or Hall of Flowers itself across the country. In the meantime, I would love to hear what people are excited about in their states and Mm -hmm. in their cities, because we're talking about things like Binsky. I don't know what its reach is, but I hope you're able to try it if you can find it. Same with Cannabiotics. But what are you into what are you excited about because i'm i want to be tapped in everywhere you know yeah absolutely and um on that note about like what's good i had a great time uh writing about the top eight strains uh for 2021 that were the runners up to the strain of the year which was announced on leafly last week which was Dosido. And um, I can't remember, did we talk about this in last week's app? We did not because the article hadn't dropped yet. Right. So just, yeah, real quick, if you want to check out what the top eight strains are that we decided the runners up uh, were to Dosido as the strain of 2021. And there have been some people who were like, oh, I could come up with something better than Dosido. It's not the most interesting or the newest or whatever out there. That's not what the strain of the year is. The strain of the year is something that has had the most impact from coast to coast in the markets. It's what the most people are interested in, that they're smoking, that they're buying and that they're using genetically, like the genetic lineage of Dosido right now is the parent to some other really interesting strains like Slurricane and that kind of stuff. So it's not necessarily the new, new, but it's the top, top. <laughs> well said. And your article is so well written. It's Thank great. You. I know you like worked really hard on it. It is like, it is tight. It is a fun read. Thank and you. also I learned a lot. Thank you. Yeah. I, I had a good time choosing the eight runners up and some of them are probably strains that you've heard of and smoked. And then some are like a little more, you know, obscure. Like, have you had apple fritter? It's fucking delicious. Uh, made its way across the country. It's blowing up in Michigan right now, which is oh, interesting, nice. but I don't feel like it's on a lot of menus yet. So yeah, it was really fun to write about. I love that. Also, I love Dosido. Mm-hmm. I think that would be on my Mount Cushmore. 
Definitely. I think Blue Dream is my George Washington. Oh, okay. Um, it's just my lifetime favorite. Shout out Ryan Howard, friend of the show, friend of Sawsom, friend of so much more. Uh, he always has great Blue Dream at his place. And whenever we go to work over there, take a couple hits of whatever his Blue Dream is that he's feeling. Yeah. Good to go. I love a Blue Dream. He loves the Pacific Stone, which is one of those great brands in California that's super affordable. They've got good weed at a good price. And... You know, we're going to get into this a lot, I think, in the next few months about the pricing in California and how crazy it is that the cultivators, the people who are growing the weed in the first place, are suffering because the prices for them per pound have bottomed out. And yet we, the consumer, are still paying just absolutely insane prices that are taxed four times. The growers, the distributors, the retailers, and the consumers, which I know we did talk about a little bit last week. And it's just, we're I think we're going to keep hammering on that a little bit because the growers are not seeing the, um, they're not recouping their costs even, and you know they're suffering. So we need to like fix that, California. <laughs> 100%. Um, the other thing I want to talk about on Hall of Flowers before we move on is another thing to keep beating the drum about and mm-hmm. yelling about in addition to taxes in California, and that is Les Prisoner Project and our interview last week with Stephanie Shepard because we went to a LPP PAX collab function the night of hall of flowers where stephanie spoke to everyone and pax is doing a really cool collaboration with lpp through the end of the year so i just wanted to talk a little bit about it awesome i love their stuff and that was such a a, like a wonderful event with so many people joining together to support yeah the the great work that they're doing and pax has been on board with them for a while now so it was really cool to just hang and listen can i ask you a hard-hitting question sure how do you feel about a tote bag I love a tote bag. You love a tote. I love a tote. I love a tote. I have a whole uh, tote full of totes. <laughs> you have tote for tote? I have a tote full of totes. Tote and for I, tat? I try, I try and um, remember to take them with me when I go shopping, and I think they're great. If you need a new tote to put your put to put totes in or to go grocery shopping with, you can go to Last Prisoner Project, and their collab with PAX is for either a tote bag or a bucket hat. And Excuse me. All of the proceeds go to Last Prisoner Project. So all the way through the end of the year, if you're looking for gifts for yourself, if you're looking for gifts for others, if you're looking to support a way to get these 40,000 plus people who are currently incarcerated for nonviolent cannabis offenses out of fucking jail, Mm -hmm. then support the PAC's Last Prisoner Project collab. Get a tote bag. Get a bucket hat. The money goes to all the right things for all the right reasons. And people like Stephanie Shepard and Dante West will, um, who are doing a ton of great work, Mary Bailey, like yeah. all of these people and Steven from PAX. I, I'm going to, I'm sorry. I'm just naming people. I just get <laughs> excited because like when, when two huge places like that come together to try and change the world, mm-hmm. like that's who I want to be a part of and support. So if you can do it, the, in the show notes and in the description is going to be a link. Check them out. I think they're a pretty cool tote. Nice. Refresh your tote game and up your game with that cute bucket hat. And uh, yeah, they're just great. It's a really cool way to be able to support the work that they're doing while giving gifts. Yes. So thank you for letting me go on that ramble. Oh, I love it. It's so good. Are we uh, ready to get to our news, do you think? Oh my gosh, of course. All right. Wait, we can't. Why? Because we have to talk about OCB first. Oh, CB. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. The Grubly Gazette is presented by OCB Rolling Papers, the largest rolling paper brand in the world, crafted naturally since 1918. OCB offers a full line of plant-to-puff papers made with sustainable fiber 
fibers farmed from within a 500 kilometer radius of their facility in France, which is powered by 100% green energy. In 2020, OCB rolled out America's first ultra-thin, slow-burning bamboo rolling papers and cones. They're even burning, no-tear, GMO-free, and vegan. Not all rolling papers are created equal. OCB offers a premium smoking experience that we call Harmony on High. Hi, hi. <laughs> we should do a Ricola commercial yes. with OCB, but instead of the uh, Ricola, it's OCB, and it's one of their rolling papers. I love that. So as for OCB, wherever you buy your papers and sample their entire line of products, plus visit OCBUSA.com and follow OCB on Instagram at OCB underscore USA. We're so grateful for everyone who supports us. And if you dig our show, check out the brands that have supported us all year. Check out OCB. They make a great gift. Stocking stuffers. Stuff yeah. that stocking full of cones. Yeah. Totes and, totes and cones. Totes and cones. <laughs> What's our news this week, Mary Jane? Our news this week is that West Hollywood wants to become the Amsterdam of the the far west it is coming to you from the la times and this story is basically just that west hollywood is aiming for a new distinction after you know west hollywood has always been ahead of the curve right like during prohibition west hollywood had a bunch of speakeasies and during you know the 60s it was like the sunset strip was super crazy with you know all of the top bands and all the music and then when the aids epidemic hit in the 1980s the city opened some of the nation's first medical marijuana dispensaries oh. and now west Hollywood is sort of looking toward the future and they've decided that they want to become like the Emerald City and they want to fuse California's recreational weed culture with West Hollywood's own fun, fabulous, creative vibe. Um, it currently has six dispensaries open in West Hollywood, some that we know and love very much. That Absolutely. We, you know, we know the people who own them and they're great folks who have been in the game for a long time. And so it's interesting to watch them sort of like move toward the future with this. And, um, the city is also going to approve as many as 40 new cannabis permits. So that'll be interesting to see like what the competition looks like for longstanding businesses. Hopefully it'll just mean like more money for everyone. Um, basically a dry, a group of cannabis operators uh, wants to promote West Hollywood as a global destination for pot tourism under the moniker Emerald Village. Love it. And uh, behind the effort, there are a bunch of A-list celebs and investors, including Jay-Z, Patricia Arquette, Woody Harrelson, and Bill Maher. No kidding. Yeah. I would normally be like, ah, celebrity, da, 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 but it's like, you need them to get this going. Unfortunately, they, yeah, you sometimes you need them to get shit done. At yeah. least someone to like, just be the face of the initiative. So people can be like, yes, I'm behind this because I like that person. Especially, you know, I feel like someone like Woody Harrelson is just a no brainer because, you know, he's beloved and everyone knows he's, a, you know, like a cannabis advocate and has been for a very long time. So it would yeah. be great to see And he's going to be on our pod. So yeah, it'll be great to see his face on billboards for the Emerald Village. 100%. I, I, I know pre-COVID, I mean, there was um, uh, the Lowell Farms Lounge that opened up. Like there was restaurants. There was so much potential. So this almost sounds like version 2.0 where maybe that was the goal pre-COVID. Right. And everything got shut down and it all went haywire. So maybe there was some lessons learned at that time through that we can implement this time around to get it going again. Right. It's so interesting. I need to do more digging into this because before COVID, West Hollywood had issued 16 permits total, and there were eight that were for smoking and vaping consumption lounges, and then there were eight that were for edibles-only lounges. And the Lowell Cannabis Cafe was the first place that successfully opened with one of those um, consumption licenses, and then everywhere else was just a little bit behind. And then, obviously, March 2020, everything had to uh, not happen for a while. So 
40 new cannabis permits over the next year or so. I wonder, it'll just be interesting to watch it play out because like everything in California is so fucking upside down topsy-turvy right now with regulations and taxations and cultivators suffering and Canadian LPs and multi-state organizations coming into profit and a place like Jay-Z's, the parent company, which is, you know, like the sort of corporate behemoth in some ways, but then also maybe trying to do the right thing in other ways. It's just, it'll be really interesting to keep covering it. I think so. I also want to ramble one more time about (laughs) West Hollywood, just to paint a bit of a picture for people who don't know what it is. Because I love my neighborhood. I love West Hollywood so much. It's my favorite place I've ever lived. There's trolleys on the weekend to get you home safely from the clubs. Mm -hmm. It has its own city hall. It's kind of its own little microcosm within greater Los Angeles. And to just give anyone an idea, if you're like, I want to come to California and I want to visit and see what it's like, here's West Hollywood in uh, a large nutshell, because I'm already talking. The There's um, Fairfax, which has all the hype beasts, Supreme, cool shoes, cool sneakers. Right next to that are restaurants like John and Vinny's, which has like some of the best pizza in the country. If you don't know who John and Vinny are, give them a Google. You'll be like, oh. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you have these wonderful nightclubs and this whole scene where there's everything from insomnia cookies to dancing all night with um, naked men who are very hot and very oily. And then on the other side of it, you have things like massage parlors and people trying to fix the homeless, unhoused population. Like it is just a bunch of people trying to do good in one neighborhood to make it the best it can be. And so if you're looking for a place to visit, the weed is great, the dispensaries are open, and the vibe is right. And so I really have hope that something like an Emerald Village will kind of ripple into the rest of the country in some ways. Yeah. Well said, Mike. I love that. I've learned about West Hollywood from you. I didn't know anything about it when I moved to LA. I was very much like an east side, like, you know, I'm going to live in Echo Park and Silver Lake and all that kind of stuff. And then I started hanging out with you and I was like, oh, I got to get closer to that action. It's great. Like the fact that your neighbors all care about each other and talk to each other and have a text thread. Oh my gosh. There was two <laughs> crazy methed out people who were pounding on our apartment doors while we were at Hall of Flowers. And this text thread is like, I got him on my video. I'm calling the sheriff. And like it all was handled by my apartment complex lickety split to get uh to make sure we were safe it's fantastic yeah west hollywood's awesome i love living only a mile away from you so i can like walk into west hollywood anytime and hopefully you know this will be really great for the industry and then for the city at large and you know people will flock to la to visit the emerald village i mean you know there are so many places that uh like i just want to be able to do what we did at the lowell cannabis cafe and enjoy food and weed in a public consumption setting with good friends and so i'm hoping that you know with these 40 cannabis permits a few of them are able to provide that kind of experience yes please and pride yo come to west hollywood for pride it is fantastic i think my brother is going to fly in this year for it which would be so great that's so exciting i love getting like out of bed and grabbing a mimosa and just walking up to santa monica and standing on the corner with archie (laughs) and just watching everything go by it's so beautiful oh man um we need to keep cruising because jordan's uh interview is so so great yes do you want to get to buds of the week let's get to buds of the week okay well we already kind of touched on him a little bit do you want to go first or second with your bud i'll go you go first with your bud i will go first well you had already spoken about him but my butt of the week this week is cannabiotics. Mm-hmm. Come on. If you're <laughs> not uh, following cannabiotics on Instagram, it is at cannabiotics with an X at the end. Their art is incredible. Their sneaker game is out of control. They wear very cool jackets. The buds that we were given 
are so gorgeous. So thank you so much. I oh please. Yes. Okay, I was just gonna say uh, they gave me a nug of Kush Mountain, and someone next to me looked at it, and they were like, "That's like getting weed from God." And it is. <laughs> and it is. And it is. We'll put a picture of it on our Instagram. It is the biggest, frostiest, sparkliest, stinkiest, fucking beautiful nug ever. Yeah. Is that a banana, a bud in your pocket, or are you happy to see me? Because that thing was. <laughs> Thick. Yup. <laughs> so thank you to Cannabiotics. And um, I'm just such a huge fan. So I wanted to make them my bud of the week. Awesome. I want to hang out with them more. Yeah. They're fucking cool. Also cool are my buds of the week at The Fairchild, which is F-A-R-E. Uh, the Fairchild is an events company that was started by David and James. Uh, launched Dope Magazine, their best buds, a long time ago. And they launched Dope Magazine as a culture magazine for the cannabis world. And since then, they've moved on to so many other things. And The Fairchild is their events company. They host events all over the country now they've been you know they're based out of seattle but they do events everywhere so check them out because if they have an event near you please go we went to their event at the palm springs air museum i mean it was it was like it had the vibe of like an incredible like warehouse party meets like kind of a cannabis cup like farmer's market situation yes. because there were vendors and pop-ups all over the place like there were you know an amazing activations popped up all over the place great lighting good weed everywhere incredible vibes and we t- met up with both of them and just said hey and they're like just the best people so congrats to david and james for yet an- another successful event i look forward to hanging more in 2022 at more of your cool parties absolutely speaking of cool parties mm-hmm. And our guest this week, our VIB, our very important bud. Uh-huh. If you happen to be in San Francisco on January 23rd at mm-hmm. 4 p.m., we are going to be a part of San Francisco Sketchfest, which <laughs> fucking hell, man. That's such a big deal. I'm so proud and excited. Yeah. Congrats, Mary Jane. Congrats, Mike. Weed and Grub Live is going to be at the San Francisco Sketchfest, and we have a great lineup. Uh, Jordan Morris, our VIB, is gonna be on our bill so is katrina davis vanessa gonzalez and we have a bunch of fucking surprises yeah. and uh so if you like food you better come hungry if you like other stuff yeah. then you better come for other stuff bring a tote <laughs> do you like giveaways <laughs> do you like fun <laughs> do you like laughing until you pee a little bit <laughs> great come to our show <laughs> i think tickets are on sale now and we'll obviously put everything in our socials and the show links and um i don't know like if we sell out the theater that would just be the coolest thing. And I don't think it's an impossible goal. So I think we can sell it out. There. I think we can too. Also, if you're not familiar with San Francisco Sketch Fest, just check out the lineup because I think that to me is like, wait, we get to be a part of this? This yeah. is a really big honor. It's a huge honor. I'm so stoked and a uh, little bit nervous. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to start prepping uh, now. I'm prepping. You're prepped? Right now. Okay, great. Currently prepping. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you want to get to our VIB, Jordan Morris? Yes, please. Wow. So I first um, learned about Jordan through Jordan Jesse Go and the Sound of Young America. I think what I what I can say about him is that he is kind of someone who, if you follow someone like Jordan, you will be early to a lot of cool stuff before the rest of the world catches up to it. And because he is such a creative who makes things and finishes things, like I can always trust that he is going to create something fantastic, finish it, and it's going to be great. So whether that's Jordan Jesse Go or Bubble, which we talk about, which if you haven't listened to Bubble or you haven't gotten the graphic novel, Jesus fucking Christ. Do yourself a favor. Yeah, it's like holiday times, perfect way if you need a moment to get away from anything that's actually happening. Yeah. Put bubble in your ears. Put bubble in your ears. And in your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> bubble, bubble, bubble. <laughs> bubble, bubble, bubble. Bubble, 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 bubble. And, and um, so, yeah, Jordan's just not only a great guest, but somebody who I have known of for a very long time. And to have him be our guest this week is a really cool thing. It was really cool. And thank you to Jordan for having us. Uh, we uh, smoked some Khalifa Kush mm-hmm. and uh, kicked it. Yes. Shout out to the whole study. And without further ado, <laughs> here is our interview with Jordan Morris. What up, Jordan? Hey, it's good to be here. It's awesome. Thank you for having us uh, here in your home. So yeah, welcome. It. I haven't done a lot of entertaining, so, you know, um, tell me my place is cool. Tell me I've done a great job with it, because I need that. Absolutely. Well, you have awesome art. Thank, that's nice of you to say. Thank Very you. good art. The Hold Steady. Big fan. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have a Hold the- Steady poster. Uh, I know. Uh, I know. People, you know, some maybe some people are listening to this and don't know what I look like. Um, I look like someone with a hold steady poster. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's fair. Uh, I was having uh, this. This came up on our chat podcast, Jordan and Jesse Go, the other day, and someone uh, kind of offhandedly described the hold steady as uh, sad dad music, and then we kind of unpacked that. And then decided that the ultimate genre is childless uncle music. Wow! Yes. Oh, wow. Anyway. Also, I'm feeling very comforted by the moose because I'm Canadian. Oh, good. Yes. Um, there's yeah. A coloring, a colored, a colored moose. It's very important to me that Canadians feel welcome. Thank you. In my home. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that is a um, that's a like a placemat from a restaurant, um, like a kid's coloring placemat, um, and my friend's kid colored that and signed her name on it anyways i thought it'd be just funny to frame it can you draw no i can't draw uh not a not a not a goddamn stick figure really because everything that you like especially bubble is so visual that it seems like maybe you just like knew how to draw and that was the best way for you to get all of your imagination out no yeah so the art in uh bubble my uh the sci-fi comedy graphic novel that i co-wrote um the art in that is done by a great artist named Tony Cliff, a Canadian. Hey. So Tony has not been over, but I wanted to make sure to have some moose stuff in, in case He'll he ever right makes it down this way. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's Tony Cliff. He does a great uh, uh, series that I was a fan of before we worked together called Delilah Dirk. It's this kind of um, uh, kind of all-ages series about a, 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 and it's kind of a swashbuckling adventurer named Delilah Dirk. It's great. I was a big fan, and when the, the publisher asked me um, you know, who I who I might want to draw a bubble. He was like the only name that I said, and they got him. So wow, yeah. So and wild. I should say the colors are by Natalie Reese, who does a great kids series called uh, Dungeon Critters. And um, yeah, she kind of gave the book that kind of psychedelic, trippy Jack Kirby color scheme that it has. So yeah, she's she she did a brilliant job on that, I think. So something I screwed up, but I'm hoping that you can help me with yeah. is I was trying to describe Bubble to my friend and I started with like it's a really funny sci-fi podcast that is a graphic novel and then I started talking about instances in Bubble 
where I started becoming a spoiler alert piece of shit. And it's because I was like, and then there's a, the sting and Mike Mitchell is a part of it. And also, and I, and then I realized I was like, man, I'm just like telling the story instead of describing what bubble is. So oh, that's can funny. You help me kind of get there. Yes. Happy to do it. Uh, basically Mike Mitchell is there. That's the pitch. <laughs> Great. Uh, Great you show. basically did it. No. Uh, so, um, <laughs> Uh, so Bubble, uh, just the story of all this stuff is it is a uh, sci-fi comedy. Maybe the, you know, TV pitch would be it's Guardians of the Galaxy meets Search Party. It's uh, in a kind of near future where um, every humans have to live in these bubble cities and each one is themed. So if you want to live in the hipster bubble, you can live in the hipster bubble. If you want to live in the suburbs, you go to the suburban bubble. Uh, and most of our the story takes place in the kind of hipster bubble. That's like a little great coffee. Por- great coffee, <laughs> improv classes. Tavi Gevinson's there. Tavi Gevinson <laughs> is definitely there. Uh, you know, little vintage shops. So it's you know it's Portland or it's Silver Lake or it's uh, Brooklyn or you know whatever. Name your name your city where the artsy young people move mm-hmm. um, and then ruin anyway uh, <laughs> so so it, so that's the kind of sci-fi thing that's going on but outside all these bubbles there are monsters and mutants and aliens so the characters all have to participate in this kind of life and death version of the gig economy if they want to survive so yeah they're all these kind of um, you know aimless hipsters and they have to join this gig economy to kill monsters and then they find this corporate espionage plot and uh yeah and mike mitchell is there and mike mitchell is there <laughs> mike yeah. mitchell does one of the one of the voices in the podcast like five star monster killing which is akin to uber five stars is so right right uh, yeah. yeah yeah that's uh that's kind of a little tenant of the world like gig economy jobs if your star meter drops then you uh you get kicked off so so good so the characters kind of have to like put on a show while they're killing monsters so yeah Wow. So they can get that star meter up. Got to get that star meter. I mean, Must. IMDb, Uber, Lyft. Right. We're in a star meter economy. If there's a star, you want it. Yeah, <laughs> as many as you can get. Get those stars. So On Goodreads, if you've read Bubble, hop over, rate us five stars. Anyway. Yes. Yes. So, uh, yeah, again, I'm, I'm, this is all in the show. I'm notes. fighting for... Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'm fighting for those stars, too. I get it. Did you grow up watching things like the thing and monster movies and like is that where you're you're now transferring your own stories into these kind of worlds or like how did you grow up what oh, were you into yeah uh, yes the the thing certainly that was a it's a it's still a big movie for me i'll even stick up for the prequel uh, <laughs> but that's okay. a whole, whole other podcast uh jordan defends the hated thing prequel i love that um would you be on an episode where i talk about how much i hate the new james bond and you can be like oh it had moments sure <laughs> yes I, yeah absolutely great opening <laughs> yeah yeah okay i'll great. just be easy to please guy that's pretty good uh yeah so like i loved you know i think i I was a you know comics sci-fi uh uh you know type type geek kid i know you're shocked the guy with the hold steady poster was also <laughs> into comic books as a kid which comic books uh so yeah i was a marvel kid um you know i loved your spidey and spidey and x-men so yeah 90s kids so obviously like those x-men and the cartoon show were just like a huge you know part of my pop culture stuff that I was consuming. Um, so yeah, then, uh, so, so like I was that, but I also, 
you know, a comedy nerd. I memorized The Simpsons and yeah. Mystery Science Theater 3000 and Kids in the Hall and yes. all that stuff. So, yes. uh, Canada. Yeah, there yeah. you go. I'm just mentioning as much Canadian stuff as possible. Uh, Rush. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Syrup. I'm so sorry about Rush. Uh, no, no, you don't have to apologize for Rush. Oh, well, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we're good on that. Um, <laughs> Easy so, to please, guy. I love this new show. Yeah, uh, Rush is all right. Oh, good oh, songs. Yeah. Hey, Tom Neil Sawyer. Pert. Who doesn't love Tom Sawyer? Neil Pert's great. Yeah, uh, yeah of course. <laughs> um, so I was also a comedy nerd, and so the stuff I love the most is stuff that like has sci-fi and monsters and adventures, but also is funny, and that is you know kind of kind of rare. You know, uh, a little more common these days. You have stuff like Guardians of the Galaxy, but kind of always felt like it was either a cool adventure with monsters or a comedy and those things didn't meet too much like obviously Ghostbusters and American Werewolf in London and there's some examples but um yeah so I've always kind of loved loved to try and you know do stuff that was both funny and you know kind of uh but took the adventure part seriously um yeah and that was kind of the the you know germ of bubble is wanting to do something like that that like had jokes and had funny characters but also was an adventure that you could kind of take seriously well to talk about podcasting a little bit you have such a long view of podcasting as uh-huh. an american icon in podcasting because well, you're one shucks. of the first all-time podcasters that's to ever true podcast. jordan jesse go was one of the five <laughs> original podcasts and um we all got one of the rings. Uh, anyway. <laughs> cool. <laughs> the, that's the, but there was one ring. Anyway, um, <laughs> Jordan Jesse Go uh, is a just aimless chat podcast that I do with uh, Jesse Thorne. And you know, it is it is a it is a themeless podcast because when we started it, podcast did not have themes. So it was just like start talking and then put it on the internet. So <laughs> anyway, we, we feel a little bit like our show is is kind of old fashioned in that way or it's an old, you know, retro kind of a retro genre. Um I, I was just looking at the episodes. You have I think it's almost as many as This American Life. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. American Life This American Life takes breaks. So Oh um, shit. Wow. We said we're gonna deliver a worse product, but more of it. <laughs> So you guys feel free to produce and report and sound design everything. Mm-hmm. And a narrator who is over enunciating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, we, we just, you know, we, we've been doing it a long time and we, you know, it's not a huge show. Um, our, our live shows have modest audiences, but it's a, we have a great, we have a great little fan base that have stuck with us and, and, and it's nice. It's nice to do, to, to, yeah, it's nice to kind of do something for people who appreciate it. And it's nice to like get all that great fan feedback. So, um, which I'm sure you guys know, I'm sure you guys as fans appreciate it as well. They do. I will say though, the sound of young America was the first podcast I had ever heard. Uh Like, I was like, oh, yeah, what sure, is sure, all sure. of this? Yeah. What is this? This is so cool. So did you know Jesse in college? And that's how you two met oh. to start Jordan Jesse Go? Like, yeah, what's... so I'll, 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 I'll explain the genesis. So Jesse and I went to UC Santa Cruz, and he was my RA. And we did a college radio show together called The Sound of Young America, where we dicked around and made prank phone calls that I'm sure were not funny. And... <laughs> you know, did little interviews with artists who were coming to the campus. And yeah, and we really loved doing that. You know, we got up at five in the morning and walked to the radio station from our dorm and and it was a blast. And I think when I 
when we kind of graduated and went our separate ways, um, Jesse at some point moved to LA where I was living and he's like, we should do our old college radio show, but as a podcast, I had no idea what they were. I, it, I, we were probably doing the show for four years before I actually listened to a podcast. So, um, yeah, he, he's definitely the guy who kind of saw it as, as a, as an outlet. So I will, I will, I'll credit him for, being super super early to it and yeah so we've just kind of been doing it ever since and we um yeah we have a nice little fan base and we get to talk to a we get to talk to a cool person every week and uh, it's a good time i think you know there was a moment i'm relatively new this is the first podcast i've ever done mm-hmm. um but you know i went to theater school in the 90s so like nice, i have a, nice, <laughs> you nice. know a, a, like i've always had a long hope of you know doing some sort of performing yeah. and all that kind of stuff so this you is, have a trunk full of hats and wigs i do i have a mm-hmm. i have a potato costume if anyone needs a, <laughs> wow okay got, yeah you, you need a big potato to show up at your party i'm a girl okay um so this is sort of my outlet for that right now right. and that's been really great and there was something in me that sort of was the same part of me when I was doing fringe theater in New York and you would see like the Broadway money come in right. was when you know Conan O'Brien and you know Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen and all of these guys were like now we're going to get into podcasting and I was like ah fuck it's yeah, happening here too I know. it's the Andrew Lloyd Weberization of podcasting so I just don't sure. know do you feel that part of it at all that the it's getting co-opted by the entertainment Yes, to some degree. Yes, and it is weird to like go in and pitch a podcast to executives, which is something you have to do now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I am I am very lucky that I work with Max Fund that is mostly listener supported. So it is it was kind of a proto Patreon, kind of an NPR or PBS model where just once a year you do a little donation drive, give away some tote bags, and you know you get your. Um, you know, you get your support that way. Maximumfun.org. Maximumfun.org uh, slash donates if uh, for some reason you're a listener but not a donor. 100%. Uh, and, then, then you also, and then you also, uh, you know, do your do your mattress ads and your food box ads and mm-hmm. sell t-shirts and do tours and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's it, it, it sucks that Spotify's millions are going to people who don't need it uh it would be cool if you know maybe some non-bruce springsteen people were getting that money to make something cool but yeah that's you know that's that sucks but but hopefully if there's people out there who are cool and talented and creative they can like find a way to to make this work financially whether it be finding sponsors or doing a more crowdfunded listener supported thing so it's it's nice that there's options um yeah, it 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 it's it, it sucks that you know Barack Obama and Amy Schumer are getting all that money. I mean, you know, they're I I like both of them as people, but mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know, uh, so yeah. And Barack nice, is but... a listener, so I'm glad that we are writing that line. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Hi, Barack. What's yeah, up? let me know if you want to copy a bubble. DM me your address. I'll <laughs> pop it in the mail. Um, I, so yeah, I did just hear on a uh, recent episode of your show uh, a weed company advertising. Right or a CBD company? Yes, we have done. Yeah, we have a CBD company that advertises with us. Um, again, the name I'm. Uh, we don't need to give them a shout out. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, they should sponsor this podcast if for some reason they're listening. Um, yeah, so we 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 we're both uh, CBD and marijuana users, and happy to promote a cool product. So so yeah, it's um, it's cool. It's great that you know CBD and marijuana, something that a lot of 
the country still thinks is kind of evil can yeah. can find a way to reach fans in mass. So yeah, we're we're happy to do that and and happy that our audience is like into that because um yeah, as I'm sure you know, there's yeah. still some people that are weirdly uptight about it. Yeah. So, yeah. You must have smoked some great weed uh, at UC Santa Cruz. Uh, funny, you should mention that. <laughs> I didn't really sm- start smoking weed in any kind of regular way until it became legal in California. I uh, I did go and get a um, medical uh, license uh to get my first weed. Um, I think I said I was having trouble sleeping, which was, which was true. So, mm-hmm. okay. and, and it helped. Uh, so yeah, I was, I've always been a little bit of a scaredy cat, good boy, Frady pants. I <laughs> didn't drink that much in high school. I did a little bit in college after I turned 21 and, um, the little bits of weed that I smoked in college, um, I think made me feel, scared and guilty because um, yeah there's that the stigma we talked about you yeah know, they definitely uh, anyway but i mean uc santa cruz obviously is um weed central station mm-hmm. um <laughs> so you know i i kind of like had my first weed there and uh you know that was part of my intro to the culture um so yeah but once it kind of became uh legal in california i started using it and yeah i'm like oh what was i being such a shit about <laughs> come on uh, this is fine what was i oh boy uh, yeah. so yeah i um uh i enjoy um weed these days but um yeah I've, i'm more of a more of a recent weed user nice yeah my first time was uh smoking hash with hot knives at a party in uh you know someone's basement right and it was like so intense and you know kind of amazing and you know but just definitely not a sustainable thing. And right. now, you know, to like have like a two milligram edible and go for a hike is much yeah. more, much more my scene now. Right. Of course. But, Oof, yeah. Love a two milligram edible. <laughs> Lo- I mean that I've uh, been having these little sodas called cans. Have you guys tried cans? Heck yes. All about it. Two milligrams, right? Mm-hmm. Really refreshing. You don't taste the weed. Um, although I like a little weed taste sometimes. Totally. But, um, uh, but they really, t- anyway, um, I don't know if they're a sponsor, but they should be. <laughs> They've been uh, kind enough to send some things. Oh, so uh, nice. Can. Uh, you're the best. That's anyway. right. They throw good parties. Cool. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, what is so your yeah. hike situation? My are you, are, do you like a hike? As a Californian, I yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. When you move to LA, uh, they make you uh, check into the hike department every week and <laughs> it's so true. and sign out that you actually did your hike. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So I have been uh, one of my pandemic pickups was running. Uh, so I used to be a little more of a hiker, and now I run. Um, but yeah, I still love a, you know, going up to Griffith Observatory. Jesus Christ, is there a prettier view in the world that sometimes is covered in smog, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oftentimes like, looks great? The magic. stars become brighter thanks to smog, so I'm yeah. kind of pro-smog. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So now you're the easy-to-please guy. I'm like, yeah, that thing prequel's pretty good. And you're like, smog's all right. Smog is... Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Bye. Um, so yeah, I yes, love a hike for sure. Um, and yeah, a little weed hike is terrific. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, this section is for my brother because he's an avid runner for uh-huh. as long as I've known him. Um, as you run, do you uh, do you keep track of mileage? Do you just go until you're tired? What's your? How did you find something? Yeah, I do an app called Couch to Five K, uh, and I it kind of uh, takes you from uh, no running and <laughs> stairs make you tired to uh, someone who can you know, run for 40 minutes without stopping. So yeah, it's a great little app and you can integrate your, uh, you can integrate playlists to it, which oh. is 
what what has kept me going is like fussing over that playlist before I start to run mm-hmm. and like kind of yeah listening to some you know music that might be bad but pumps you up and stuff like that so that part's been great so yeah the, the that app's been terrific so i yeah i do like uh i do like three miles three three or four times a week so that's awesome wow. yeah it's, it's it's nice i somebody who never ran before it was great to uh great, great to learn how i would have so much britney spears on there I would have like <laughs> uh, like '90s pop that you got, is oh just yeah sure gets you in the place mm-hmm. you know yeah 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 <laughs> yeah Britney's great to run to well, yeah do you have a secret can you reveal it here what your playlist secret secret song is that like nobody would believe that you listen to do you have one I yes uh, <laughs> let's uh, it, it, Waterloo by ABBA Waterloo wow. by ABBA yes I mean Fantastic. when that kicks in when that little harpsichord <laughs> kicks in you speed up a little bit so good yeah. yes absolutely oh that's amazing i want to go back a bit because you were talking about stigma um around weed mm-hmm. and how you were a pretty good person does that tie into youth group and uh like were you are you from a religious family and things like that yeah i'll i'll talk a little bit about that so so youth group is a book i am working on with a great artist named uh, bowen mcgurdy who does uh the specter inspectors comics that people should check out uh so we're doing a book together uh that'll come out in a long time mm-hmm. called uh youth group which is about a bunch of uh goofy uh Christian kids in the 90s who are part of a youth group but have to actually do exorcisms. Uh, so yeah, that was definitely a world I grew up in. We, you know, I grew up in Orange County where that is a very big scene where, you know, teenagers go to a little, uh, you know, room outside the church and there's a guy with tattoo sleeves who turns the chair backwards and teaches yeah. you about this cool dude named JC who said we should all just get along. Um, so that was a definitely a little scene that I kind of grew up in, but yeah, I mean that that world is uh, is super. Uh, it has a lot of scare tactics around any kind of drug use, and mm-hmm. you know it's a gateway drug. That's what we always heard. It's a gateway drug. So you know, sure you're smoking a little weed behind the gym, but in a week and a half you'll be, <laughs> you know, yeah. living in a cardboard box. Living in a cardboard <laughs> box, uh, fist fighting people for heroin. Yeah. No. It's totally. um yeah so that that uh that little world um was very like had a lot of drug shaming associated with it and sex shaming and uh yeah it was uh you know uh maybe not the best anyway mm-hmm. so so yeah so uh youth group is a is a uh, will be a kind of a, a takeoff or a little uh, adventure set in that world so. Yeah. So cool. Have you seen a ghost? Have you seen an exorcist? Has has any of that come from oh, real life? Oh, no. I did not. I never saw anybody, like, perform an exorcism. But, like, exorcisms are up in the world. Like, Is that right? Yeah, exorcisms wow. have seen a jump in the past couple years. Oh, an uptick. And oh. there is a, there's a YouTube. I think this is probably where they got the idea for youth group. Is like, There's just a YouTube video. You know, it's someone in a fairly average looking strip mall like with their camera panning across this strip mall and there's just some kids at a Starbucks doing an exorcism to their friend and just like holding him down and chanting while and they're at they're outside they're on a on a patio at Starbucks so these 
these very average looking suburban kids uh maybe it's a joke for the camera but i it it looks pretty pretty legit uh so yeah it's something that something that happens um wow yeah and probably like the sucky not fun reality of that is is it's uh people who have a mental illness who aren't getting help and mm-hmm. you know the church calls it a devil yeah. um so yeah that's the not fun reality of modern exorcisms but um yeah, uh, yeah. we got to talk about food before we wrap sure up. yeah it wouldn't be weed and grub if we didn't talk about uh do you cook do you are you a snacker like what's your favorite food where what is food to you yeah so i am uh i think i am i can cook a lot of boring things good i'm a good cook of a you know a lemon pepper chicken thigh. I think I do a pretty good job with. I don't do any big cooking projects. Although I have a slow cooker that I like to do a little uh, pulled pork or chili in oh, sometimes. Very but nice. That's that's as big a cooking project as I'll do. Um, so yeah, I, I do a lot of like simple cooking of like a protein and two veggies. That's like a lot of my cooking is just like do something with a, you know, chicken thigh or some ground turkey and make a couple vegetables and then. Uh, when I go out is when I uh, uh, behave like an animal. So <laughs> always, yeah, mm-hmm. um, always. So yeah, do you, do you go app, main and dessert if you're gonna go out to a restaurant? Would you ever do all the trio? I like to. I really like to. It's funny. I just uh, went out with a buddy of mine, uh, Andy Secunda, who is a comic and podcaster. I think maybe some people know, and he is so great because he he just wants to order everything on the menu and you know, he wants to try a little bit of everything. It doesn't matter how many leftovers we have. Uh, yeah. So he's such a fun person to eat with. Cause that is, that was my preferred style of like how, how much stuff can we reasonably try if it's a place <laughs> you're excited about? So yeah, I love eating like that of, of just, you know, kind of, uh, caution to the wind let's just try everything that looks good so yeah obviously you can't do that all the time but uh once in a while it's a blast you can if you're running three to four miles four times a week i feel like oh that's true yeah 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 maybe uh maybe maybe fitness wise uh you know financially it's it's uh oh, right. it can be a little challenging but um yeah sure i could yeah i could yeah i could <laughs> knock knock that out a couple times a week sure. <laughs> um what about snack wise especially when you're writing or yeah. you're working on things do you have a a routine or go-to's or do you try and eat light all day so you can get things done how does that go for yeah you? i cannot have chips in the house anymore yep. my favorite thing to do would just be to sit in the dark and eat a bag of chips and talk to no one yes. i love god i love chips so i have had to uh have a no chip policy uh when it comes to the house so yeah, I try and do I try and you know handful of nuts, little slice of cheese, little slice of cheese around a salami. Those can be fun. Uh, they're no chips, but uh, <laughs> can know. we can we take three guesses in between us to guess your favorite chip? Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. Do you want two guesses or one guess? I'll go first. Wow. Okay. Love it. Classic Lay's. No. Mm-hmm. Cool Ranch Dorito. No. Oh, I thought I had it. Dip, dill pickle kettle. I love it. Okay, I would want to eat. I want all of these chips, by the way. None of these are bad chips. All chips are beautiful. These chips sound great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love uh, sour cream and onion wavy lays. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. so good. The dust. 
Oh, the dust. The love dust. a dusted potato chip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love a greasy ass <laughs> dusted potato chip. I could, I would, yeah, when I am super stoned, I will eat a whole bag of those and dunk them in ketchup. Yum. Just get a paper plate, <laughs> squeeze a half bottle of ketchup out onto it, and just slowly <laughs> scoop ketchup into my mouth with chips until I fall asleep. Yeah. Oh, I gotta say, it sounds no, quite nice. I haven't nice done that in years. Oh, I'm getting. Can you see the wistful look in my eye? I'm like a, I'm like an old man talking about his dead wife. Oh, oh she was beautiful. Oh, she was. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Anyway. Oh well, please let's plug everything in the world. This has been such a oh, joy. Oh, thank you. Please yeah. What a fun. Anytime. What a fun chat. This has been great. Yeah. Uh, the bubble, the graphic novel. Uh, it is out there. It's wherever you get your books. Uh, co-written with Sarah Morgan, Tony Cliff, and Natalie Reese on that art. If you tell that uh, to your local indie bookshop or comic book shop, they will order it for you if they don't already have it, or you can just go to one of your online retailers. Um, yeah, and Bubble the Podcast. It's at MaximumFun.org, and that's the same place you can get uh, Jordan and Jesse Go, uh, my my chat podcast with Jesse Thorne that is uh, has fucking way more episodes than this american shitty life yeah yeah so yeah that's all (laughs) that's all at maximumfun.org or wherever you download podcasts wherever you're listening to this and uh bubble it's uh it's a book it exists it's so good ah thank you nice of you to say yeah thank you so much yeah thanks for having me this has been a blast and you can follow us at Weed and Grub. Our email is wg at I would also say leave five-star reviews on anything that Jordan is a part of, especially on Apple iTunes. It bumps everything up there you, so that you yes, can find Yes, five stars, all this. Yes, rate this show, rate our shows. Just rate. Just, just, More stars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.